0: Warning, I was trying to think of another way of warning British people that this podcast contained explicit language, but then I was like, fuck those people, and I just carried on with my life.
1: This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Zip Recruiter and by PayPal, a great way to send Eli money after his debit card gets denied at dinner and you realize he's broke and really needs some help right away. It's really rough. He's going to Zales, TGI Fridays, it's everything he hates. Just really really sad paypal and now the scathing atheists this is michael schaefer of the reasonable risk podcast and i'd say that the only reasonable answer to where man came from is that we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey men (laughs)
2: It's February 1st. And after Tuesday night's speech, I think we're all a little more sure God isn't real. I'm No Illusions. (laughs) I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. From New York, New York, and
1: Secret Lair, Pennsylvania,
2: this is The Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, we act out the Book of Mormon one last
1: time. We learn which Jehovah's Witness elder ate the most cum-covered cookies. And we'll examine the zero-fold increase in worldwide demonic possession. First, the diatribe.
3: My brother once told me I had a soul of the devil. I was probably about nine years old at the time. And as you know, if you're a regular listener, I didn't have a hell of a lot of religious education growing up. And my parents didn't take us to church and they didn't let anyone else do it either. In fact, I wasn't even allowed to spend the night with my friends on Saturday night, lest their parents take me to church the following morning. But as any of you from sufficiently religious families know, if some fundies find out that, you know, there's some parents out there not letting their kids hear the word of Jesus, they basically take that as a challenge. They hear about some poor young soul being shackled to the satanic totem of free thought and they start scheming ways to make the Jesus happen. And that's what happened to my brother. His friend's parents lied to my parents, told my mom that they were taking him to some museum or something, and then snuck his ass to church and got him saved. Now, this lasted about a week and a half, as these things generally do, but during that brief period, he strutted around the house with a holier-than-thou haughtiness that was punctuated with frequent and conspicuous prayer, pausing every so often to tell my sisters and me all about how much hell we were going to, and at one point during that little phase of his life, I made the mistake of interrupting one of those holy confabs with Jesus to ask him something, which is when I learned that I had a soul of the devil. Now, this was my first taste of that temporary elation of conversion, but it would be a recurring theme throughout my life. I spent most of my formative years in South Georgia, ergo, most of my friends were at least nominally Christian. And from time to time, they'd go on little Jesus kicks and they wouldn't want to hang out with people like me anymore. Uh, and now, like my brothers, of course, these were all fleeting. The, the worst infestations might persist for a couple of months, but generally it ran its course in a couple of weeks. And then they were getting shit faced behind the school with us bad kids once again. Now, most of the time, this is just a minor inconvenience. It was a lot worse if it happened to be the girl I was dating or the person I was getting my weed from. But most of the time, it was just one less ass in the car on a couple of Saturday nights. And sure, it usually came along with some half-hearted conversion attempts, but apparently I'm not that fun to try to convert. So those generally ended abruptly and with spectacular finality. So sure, there was an annoyance there, but mostly this was just an anthropological curiosity for me. You know, something I had only ever observed from the outside. And even by the end of middle school, I'd noticed that when somebody turned their life over to Jesus, he was keeping it in temporary storage. You know, it struck me as hard to believe that all these friends of mine hadn't also noticed this. So to an outsider, it seemed absurd that they'd expect their conversion to behave any differently than the dozens or scores of likewise conversions they'd seen in the past. It It was a theological equivalent of being a rock star when you grew up. But at a certain point in my life, I discovered cocaine, and then it all made so much more sense to me. Now, now I'm not saying that cocaine offered up some great insight into the nature of the human condition. That was acid and ecstasy, but cocaine did teach me all about addiction, and from that perspective, the whole getting saved thing makes a lot of sense. Now, before I push this analogy any further, I want to stress that it is an analogy, right? Right? I, it pisses me off when I hear people talk about shopaholics and chocoholics and sexaholics and not just because the "ahol" shouldn't technically be part of the suffix, right? Alcoholics aren't addicted to alk, but also it belittles the struggle of people going through actual physical addictions when we pretend that people who can't stop looking for cute boots are going through the same thing. That being said, there is no better model I can think of when I'm trying to construct the process of religious conversion than addiction, right? The, the first hit is free and that's the best one. You go to church, you, you come up at altar call or whatever. Everybody there loves you. It's all about you for a minute. You're 10, 12, 15 years old. That's some potent shit. Hell, you're 32. That's some potent shit. Huge group of people all accepting you and paying attention to you all at once. That kind of emotional release combined with a promise of eternal love. Who the fuck wouldn't get high off of that? Of course. The high you feel isn't from the love of God. It's from the love of the people surrounding you. But you're a temporary fix for them. So it's just a temporary fix for you. Next week, they're on to the next fresh fish in their desperate effort to vicariously recapture the feeling of being newly saved once again. And you get to join them in the cycle now. Some people spend decades chasing that dragon. Some people spend their whole lives. But it's just as ephemeral as a crack high. More so, actually, because at least crack is actually doing something, but religious ecstasy is more like like placebo crack. It's a high that you thought you had once. Instead of building up a tolerance, you build up an immunity, and despite that, just like the cocaine addict, the Jesus addict doubles down, ups the dosage, recommits himself to Christ, and before long, he's snorting his Jesus off the tank of a truck stop shitter without a straw. Now, Obviously, Karl Marx beat me to this analogy by about 174 years, so I'm not claiming any ownership of it. But the part that never made any sense to me and the part that still eludes me is how this isn't the intellectual deal breaker. A temporary realization is no realization at all. When some previously incomprehensible concept in physics or calculus or whatever finally clicks in and I understand it, I don't stop understanding it later. I don't have to periodically recommit myself to Newton. Truth, by definition, doesn't fade with time. And anything you stop believing if you're not told it often enough is a fucking lie.
2: They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast and bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me
3: for headlines tonight are the Philadelphia Eagles and New England Patriots of Atheism, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. (laughs) <laughs> Fellas, who wants to be the loser and who wants to be the cheater?
1: I have no idea what to pick. There. I'm a Giants fan. Right? Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, so I was it's rooting tough. for a zero-zero tie and for like everybody to get hurt and like a problem with the stadium and like Brady and Belichick, they get touched by a child with a pure heart from Make-A-Wish and they explode into a pile of snakes. Like, I just wanted everything to go wrong. <laughs> and Eli?
2: Pikachu. Uh, Pikachu.
3: well in hopes of matching the inevitable super bowl assessment of at least the commercials were good we're going to take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsor zip recruiter
4: An assistant, an accountant, secretary, or a nurse, a driver, or a pilot, or a witch to break a curse, a dishwasher, bug squasher, tutor, and Dutch. Sign up for ZipRecruiter, they will come through in a clutch. If you need fire eaters, penguin feeders, techies for a show, a belly dancer, necromancer, fan of taekwondo, a celeb impersonator of Benedict Cumberbatch. ZipRecruiter promises to find the perfect match. No more searching through countless resumes, putting ads in the paper, and waiting for days. Find any applicant that you require. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire Are you hiring? Posting your position to job sites and waiting, waiting, and waiting for the right people to see it? ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day The right candidates are out there ZipRecruiter is how you find them Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free, that's right, free, just by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. ZipRecruiter.com S-C-A-T-H-I-N-G. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
1: And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, atheists kill babies so much better than religious people. Thank you. Yeah, I think we deserve a medal. We're so much. (laughs) Our system is great. We go around looking for pregnant women. We convince them that giving birth is lame. Mm -hmm. And we make Mm -hmm. them donate their baby to science. Karen. Exactly. Karen. And then we abort the baby. We cure stuff with their stem cells. And we eat the extremely tender meat that's left over. We even make jewelry with their tiny little bones. We're like the Native Americans (laughs) of killing babies. Yeah. It's called class. It's called class. (laughs) Meanwhile, religious people are just straight up murdering kids of all ages by choosing prayer instead of medicine. So I'm pretty sure we win the game. Can we call it like
2: end of show? We done? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I feel like we nailed this episode. Banana, na banana, banana. Is that the end music? Noah, cool. say nice stuff about us. Banana, banana, banana.
3: Eli always listens through to the end. Well, I, I have to say, as the Romans demonstrated repeatedly, being the best at killing babies is a winning strategy. So, at, <laughs> at the very least, we're like we're inevitably going to win.
1: Yeah. So I'm definitely excited about winning that. Uh, Really weird game just now. But (laughs) all those kids are still getting killed by religion. So it's like win-win-lose. Like We won the game. (laughs) We kill lots of fetuses. Win-win. But real kids are dying. Win-win-lose. That's the the lose part, depending on the kid. Especially in Idaho. (laughs) And that's because Idaho is homicidally insane. Thanks, in large part, to being full of people who choose to live in Idaho. And those people decided that you're allowed to let your kid die... If you're doing it for God and considering they're the number one state for fucking deregulated filicide, which is a thing, all the kid murdering parents are moving there in possibly the most terrifying feedback loop ever created. Yeah. So in response to all this, an anti child murder group that they need to have in Idaho is having a March later this month in protest of religious exemptions from don't kill your kid loss.
3: And and I, I know a lot of you are thinking to yourselves, like, look, this would be tragic if the other option for these kids wasn't growing up in Idaho. And you're right. I mean, that makes it better.
2: But, <laughs> but still, still. Look, though. I don't want to be that guy. But if this parade accidentally gets run over by a truck full of homeopathic cures, it's going to be super <laughs> ironic, right? <laughs> Just saying.
1: Yeah. So the group is called Protect Idaho Kids. And during their protest, they'll all be carrying child-sized coffins, which is a pretty powerful image. And also an image that made me wonder about the etiquette in coffin stores. Right? But I, I feel like I'm getting off track. <laughs>
2: That's not really the point. Hi, I'd like to buy 30 baby sized coffins. It's for to fame. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> Hey Morgan, <laughs> by the way, edit out that part where Eli's echo said reordering thirty baby-sized coffin. It sounds bad out of out of context that he would have
2: that. Yeah, that's fair.
1: And in context, okay. Uh, also worth noting, Idaho is not even the only state that's doing this. If you're looking to murder a child, Idaho is definitely your mecca, but you have at least five other options in the United Jesus States. Jesus Christ! Because you know, federalists think the minutiae of kid murder needs to be decided at the local level. Mm-hmm. Like slavery, it's important <laughs> for states' right. rights to be a thing. Also, Mecca. <laughs> and uh, one last thing. How are we supposed to change the law? Like th- They seem to be suggesting that an atheist needs to murder a child and be like, you know, no reason. Darwin, eugenics, just felt like it. Whatevs. <laughs> I want a test case. <laughs> Nobody do that, just to be clear. And um, if you're a child in Idaho with a sniffle, get the fuck out right now
2: <laughs> or without a sniffle. Just
1: nobody yeah.
2: be in Idaho. Leave. <laughs> OK, Heath, you just broke the heart of our one listener in Idaho. Tim is going to be so <laughs> upset. I'm sorry, Tim. Sorry he did this to you. Don't murder your child out of anger. And,
3: and in conjecture news tonight, scientific surveys around the world are showing an infinite increase and decrease in cases of genuine demonic possession and that has exorcists worried. Or, or wait, no, not... It's, what's what's the word for when you want to fuck people out of money so you lie? It's not worried. I don't know. I was uh,
2: trickle stand. down? Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com. <laughs> shh. shh. <laughs> anyway,
3: um, this has led Father Pat Collins to reach out to the Vatican, urging them to churn out more exorcists to keep up with demand. <laughs>
1: wow, that... It really is a little bit like supply side economics. Like we make shit up and help the exorcism sector become more profitable. Then the price goes down and that money gets passed on to the
2: consumer of
1: the imaginary. The, consumer. Yeah, right.
2: Uh, so what we're saying is it's a slightly more realistic option than the coal industry. Yeah, it's like well, better.
3: Coal, yeah. <laughs> Unless you mean beautiful, clean coal in which is a, in which case it's a lot more realistic. The exorcism thing. anyway, Uh, Collins told the Irish Catholic that that's a newspaper, by the way, not a dismissive overgeneralization, quote, it's only in recent years that the demand has risen exponentially, end quote. Well, when asked what exponentially (laughs) meant, he hazarded that it was a synonym for significantly because he's one of those fucking idiots that uses words because they sound smart, not because he knows what they mean.
1: But to be fair, you could put pretty much. Whatever exponent you want over zero. No, that's that's just Except for zero. Yeah,
3: I guess so. All right. Turns out zero. He claimed the world was desperately understaffed when it came to qualified exorcists and added that anyone who disagreed was, quote, out of touch with reality,
2: end quote. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you right now, if you don't think we're just backed up with demons at this point, inhabiting the bodies of the living, then you are not realistically viewing the world i am an adult who is in charge of a thing
3: (laughs) (laughs) anything at all too like my own toothbrush is probably too much here now to be fair he did say one technically non-bullshit sentence responding to what i could only assume was the reporter whacking his face against the nearest solid surface repeatedly he said quote what I'm finding out desperately is people who, in their own minds, believe, rightly or wrongly, that they're afflicted by an evil spirit, end quote. What? Not adding, good thing there's not a worldwide institution dedicated to exacerbating that patently
2: self-destructive delusion, huh? <laughs> yeah, lots okay. of people think Hillary Clinton fucked a kid under a pizza parlor. We don't need more mozzarella-themed undercover officers as yeah, a result. Right. <laughs>
1: Exactly. We can still that yeah, sounds fun, but
2: it's
1: a cool job. Not, not because of the Hillary thing. But.
3: A mozzarella themed anything
1: pretty yeah. much has I mean, uh, has Heath excited. Let's, let's not, you know, cross things off the list, but
2: podcasting's not gonna last forever. We need other options. And a new debit card. And in and in way too many S holes news tonight. You're gonna get emails from the pleurorectals again. No, oh god, I'm so sorry. I'm so no, not that controversy again. So, uh, Democratic Mississippi legislator Credell Calhoun has proposed a bill this week that among other things would mandate that teachers recite the 10 commandments at the beginning of each school day. Ugh. Honestly, if they can agree on which 10 out of like 14
1: they're going to go with, I'd be <sighs> astonished and I'd let them do it. Yeah, right. And so, okay. So He
3: wants teachers to start the day saying, I am the Lord thy God. I feel like Mr. Arowind would have loved that. It would have been more honest anyway.
2: So, okay. Exactly. So, legislator Calhoun, whose first name is Cradell, and was therefore always going to make decisions like this one, introduced House Bill 1100 this week, which I assume is named after all the numbers Calhoun can count up to. In binary, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The bill would make the previously optional moment of silence during the school day mandatory. It would place a copy of the Ten Commandments, where Mississippi already has mandatory in God we trust signs, by the way, (sighs) in every classroom. And finally, yes, each day would begin with the teacher reminding students not to lust after their neighbor's wives. (laughs) All right. Well, time to send in the Muslims and the Satanists. Yes. That's the thing that
1: solves all these. Like, Mississippi teachers end up chanting Allah Akbar and hail Baphomet for a day. They switch back to the Bill of Rights
3: real fast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the ones that survived
3: the lynching switch back at very
2: Right. Exactly. <laughs> and you can't help but wonder with this bill... What is Calhoun compensating for, right? Is he some kind of super atheist? Like this is the red Ferrari of theocracy, whatever it is. I don't know what's going on, but I personally look forward to the long, infinitely repeating cycle of someone taking them to court over this, them losing, David R. White making a movie where they didn't lose, us watching that movie, making fun of it, and the cycle beginning all over again. All right, and podcasting never ends. Yeah, they're The mozzarella thing, even though You're I might do that. Always going to be there aren't y'all <laughs> you're always gonna be there just like radio <laughs> <laughs> i wish you wouldn't put that in the silent ether. film not?
1: <laughs> god damn it all right next up in cobra la la land news photographer lauren pond released a new book earlier this month called test of faith signs serpents salvation and it's all about the time she spent documenting pastor mac wolford of west virginia the Pentecostal snake-handling preacher who died in 2012 from a fatal case of Christianity. Right. And also, obviously, the resulting snake bite. And also refusing to have the snake bite treated by doctors, which goes back to the cause number one, the Christianity thing. Okay.
2: The craziest thing about that story, though, is the amount of people who were there and are still on board with the snake thing, right? Like, wouldn't that be it? (laughs) You'd think... Okay, okay, okay. There is no only crazy thing about
3: this story and 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 as a demonstration i offer up the fact that among the people who watched your crazy snake handler die of being that stupid but kept doing it was mac walford who had seen his own father die fucking his trick up only a couple years earlier he was a second generation crazy christian snake bite dyer (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) the reason uh Why the fuck you would handle venomous snakes during a sermon, good question, is because of a passage in the Bible, which is a book that millions of idiots take literally. In Mark 16, it's talking about the superpowers you get for being Christian. And it says, quote, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick
2: and they shall recover, end quote. Ah, I see. So Mark's the original Tide Pod Challenge, I (laughs) (laughs) guess. Exactly. Yes. So based on that
1: passage, Steve Irwin of West Virginia decided he should play with a rattlesnake during his sermons. Now, there's nothing that says it has to be a deadly snake. I just read it. (laughs) But the details of the book aren't important unless it's about gay people, I guess. Also, it seems like God was offering a few other options besides the snake thing for doing your little faith demo skit. But, you know, sick people are gross and we don't touch them. So the pastor kept playing with deadly snakes. And unfortunately for him, the time dimension kept going and he got attacked eventually. Well, Attacked seems a little harsh.
3: Responded to appropriately for a snake is probably fair in this instance. But yeah, that's what's always freaked me out about these snake handlers of all those different superpowers. They don't cast out the devils. They don't heal heal the sick. They fucking stroke snakes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And speaking nonsense words. Those are the two they pick. Yeah. So it's yeah. fucking stupid. They of picked those the dumbest five. Ones. Yeah,
5: exactly.
1: Yeah. So this whole story gets told by the photographer in her book, which is terrible, by the way. Don't buy this book. It's all about how Pastor Mac was like a super nice person. And yeah, he tricked people into almost dying
2: from rattlesnake attacks. But look how rustic his porch is. Ooh, it's <laughs> fucking horrible. Yeah, it's 2018, damn it. We save our feel-good profiles for literal Nazis, okay? <laughs> anyway. Preachers. The only thing of value
1: in her book seems to be the lesson that accidentally got built in. So after the pastor got attacked, he told everyone that he didn't want a doctor because that would, you know, fuck up his magic demo. Mm-hmm. But this <laughs> photographer was pretty insistent about going to the hospital but he was like, you know, shh, just keep taking pictures. It's fine. It's fine. So she spent the next six hours taking a
2: terrifying series of him dying pics. Yeah. Honestly, I think the laser background at that point was in poor taste. I'm <laughs> going to say it right now. <laughs> okay. Well, no, This makes
3: so much. So that's what you were looking at the other day. I thought you were just watching the 700 Club
1: and that seemed like a weird choice for you. But it was the, it was the guy dying on the snake. I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So... The photographer obviously didn't mean to give an amazing lesson on the value of atheism, but I'd say the moral of the story is pretty clear. Uh, Friends don't let friends be Christian. (laughs) If you see something, say something. It's just like terrorism and drunk driving. We're saying Christianity (laughs) is like a drunk terrorist getting behind
2: the wheel. You take the keys. Of a nuclear pinto. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And in Missouri loves company news tonight. A new House bill put forward in Missouri this week would make not only gay marriage illegal, but would invalidate marriages that didn't take place in a church or between non-church members. What? (laughs) That's right. State Representative T.J. Berry, who, despite sounding like a hip-hop-themed serial, (laughs) looks like he's always just (laughs) been told the FBI confiscated his computer, introduced a law this week that wouldn't just make gay marriage illegal, it would undo all non-churchy heathen marriages to boot. <laughs> what? It's, what? It's insane.
1: His bigotry is taking the form of trying to steal an entire word. It's just about the word at this yes, point for him. Uh-huh. It's like if if white people tried to own the N-word. <laughs> like, Black people need a note from a white person from now on. We're taking it
3: back. <laughs> but see, but this is going to backfire. It's going to be just like the Idaho thing because that means in Missouri... Neither Eli nor I are married. So if Eli and I are ever going to
2: fuck, it's definitely going to be in Missouri now. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, that live show is coming up. So get your tickets. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. We would never do a live show. (laughs) Or again, So I want to caveat here. I read the bill or I tried to read the bill because it looks like it comes from the Trump tax plan school of proofreading. It's it looks like it got in a knife fight with Zorro pen. It is so clearly illegitimate bullshit written in them fancy words that a lawyer just later had to go through with whiteout if ever I've seen it. So I have no idea what it says. That's the point whole sections of this bill are crossed out some of it has notes some of it refers to other sections nonsensically it's a ton of fun (laughs) (laughs) wow so sloppy
1: disorganized writing i can't even imagine what that must look like that's gotta be a disaster rough for the guys who do the interjections (laughs) terrifying
2: okay hurtful hurtful (laughs) i don't give you guys notes on air but it's fine whatever Okay, what we do know is that Representative Dingleberry had an email exchange with Hemant Mehta over at the Friendly Atheist Block where he made it clear, yes, I am that stupid. See, <laughs> according to Berry, the point wasn't to make churches like a weird training ground so you could call yourself a true fire mage. No, no, no. <laughs> it's to make sure that nobody accidentally forces churches to marry gay people. What? I feel like King Solomon could help solve this, actually. Um, So
1: we offer to cut the word marriage in half, and we give a piece to the gay people and a piece to the church. And then when T.J. Berry yells out, we call Mar, then we know who deserves it. We know who gets the whole thing. Yeah,
3: yeah. No, that would finally settle the uh, the question of who the bad guy is in this scenario. (laughs) Uh, But
2: T.J. Berry, he's no bigot. Oh, I spoke too soon. Okay. You did. In the email exchange with Emmett, he mentions that he recently attended a wedding where, quote, a ceremony where a person dressed up as Batman came out and did the wedding ceremony, end quote. So, yeah, he's as egalitarian as they come, guys. No no stickler for tradition is he.
1: Listen, I'm not an insane person and a bigot. Some of my best friends are Batman. (laughs) So there you go. I
2: just asked if you were ready to order. (laughs) And with the realization that this guy is literally cooler with the abomination that is a cosplay themed wedding than he is with gay people getting married. We have to wonder if this bill passes, what that would be like, what that would be like, what that would be.
1: Lou, 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 I'm T.J. Barry, just smelling my own poop. Lou, Lou, Lou. Uh, Representative Barry. Oh,
3: uh, hi, uh, Paul, right? Yeah, yeah. Th- th- thanks for seeing me. I mm-hmm. I love the uh the new law. It's Totally not homophobic at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. Um,
3: but, but I do have a couple of questions.
1: Sure, sure. What can I do for you?
3: Okay, well, m- well, my wife and I had an outdoor ceremony uh, when we got married. Uh,
1: do- domestically
3: unicated is what you mean yeah, uh, by married, right? Do- domestically uh, mm-hmm. unicated, unicated.
5: right?
1: But yep. but but a preacher did it, so. I'm wondering if we're still. Uh, no, sadly, you are not married. But if you'd like to get married, I'm a deacon, and I'd be happy to. Hi, uh, have, sorry, uh, sorry to
2: interrupt. Are you TJ Barry? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm in a meeting right now. Yeah, no, this won't take long at all. Love the new law. We are not bigots. So when I got married, I was a member of the church, but my wife wasn't. So are we married technically according to the new?
1: Um. Hmm, Uh you are but she is not. Oh, okay, okay, wait, but but then who is he
2: married to? Who that's a good question. Oh, uh well uh, Do I need a divorce um, okay. from that person to remarry my wife? Can I marry my wife if I've been divorced? And Ugh. and does the divorce need to be in a church? Um Ooh. I'm uh, ooh, question. Uh, what if I'm getting married and the church wall falls down and my wife is standing outside, but I'm still inside? What am I doing legally? Oh, that's a good that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I okay.
1: Um, I'm gonna need a whiteboard and some markers. This is, yeah. this is a whole lot. Seems like it. Let's mm-hmm. get it down. We're not bigots. Nope, we are not. Nope, definitely not.
3: And with that conundrum swimming around in my head, we'll take a break and hand things over to my lovely wife in 49 states and fuck buddy in Missouri, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is she was. Smart. If it's a legitimate
5: race, It makes a slut, right? Cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in misogyny. Look, I
0: get this is a small segment on a small podcast, but there are still times when I read the news and feel like certain people are angling for a mention. Take, for example, GOP Senate candidate Cortland Sykes, who delivered a speech that might as well have been titled, Hey, Lucinda, I have the intellect and visage of a testicular wart. Please tell your listeners. In what can only be seen as a concerted effort to edge that blue wave a little closer to tsunami territory, he delivered an anti-vaginal screed that made a legitimate rape sound like an excerpt from the vagina monologues. Highlights of his speech include referring to feminists as she-devils, Reminding his audience that he wants his dinner ready when he comes home at 6 p.m. and saying independent women have, quote, snake-filled heads, end quote. Now, I kind of hope that last one was just his wife's excuse for biting his dick every time he wants her to go down. Oh, sorry, hon, must have been all those snakes in my head again. But one way or the other, the Reolette Claire McCaskill's campaign appreciates his efforts. But of course, the good people of Missouri can at least offer up the excuse that this guy hasn't been elected for anything. Not so for the good people of Mesa, Arizona, where their state representative took to Facebook last week to retroactively excuse sexual assault. Arizona state rep Kelly Townsend, who refuses to let having a vagina slow down her misogyny, posted a photo of a topless attendee at the Phoenix Women's March last weekend with a caption that basically said, will somebody please rape this bitch? Okay, to be fair, it wasn't quite that bad. What she actually said is that women who would dare to publicly display their boobs and whatnot, quote, will have no defense when they are sexually assaulted or even worse, raped, end quote. So yeah, it's not that she implied that topless women deserve to be raped. It's that she outright fucking said it. No implication required. She also added, and I thought this was a bit weird, but at the very end, she added, Quote, and no, you won't be able to blame President Trump. Hashtag put your shirt on. End quote. I just feel like it's unjustifiably optimistic to assume that Trump wouldn't be the one doing the sexual assaulting. After all, as he's fond of saying, somebody's doing the rapings. Now, if you'll excuse me, if I don't hit the bathroom now, there's no way I'm going to have all the ingredients to Courtland Sykes's wife in time for his six o'clock dinner. So I'll wrap things up there and hand you back over to Noah Heath and Eli.
2: Thank you, Lucinda. And in satanic baby murderers news tonight, regular listeners to the show may remember the 2015 court case of Mary Doe, who cited her membership in the satanic church in her case against the state of Missouri's blatantly unconstitutional 72-hour mandatory waiting period for an abortion. They may also remember that a state judge threw her case out two years ago because at the time of her challenge, she wasn't pregnant anymore. Hey, even if you aren't a long-time listener, you probably recognize what a stupid legal choice that is, you know, in, like, a murder case. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) That makes the statute of limitations on standing
1: 72 hours, doesn't it? (laughs) I'm sorry, ma'am, but you don't have standing. She just squirts cum inside herself with a turkey baster. I'll wash it out. I'll fucking do it. Back up.
2: Now do I have standing. (laughs) Vivid. Vivid. Uh, Right. It's the legal argument from, but is the defendant murdering you now? Right. (laughs) So, as we predicted at the time, an appeals court revived the case, which will be heard in the state Supreme Court this week. But here's the weird thing, and I'm Donald Trump will never be president, levels of wary about saying this. There doesn't seem to be a way for a theocratic court to get around this thing. I mean, either Missouri admits that its laws are theocratic bullshit or the membership of the satanic church is about to fucking skyrocket.
3: Especially if we only abort the Christian fetuses. Yeah,
2: (laughs) right. Basically, right now, a bunch of asshole pastors are playing chicken with like some goth kids in a hearse. And whatever (laughs) happens, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah, and honestly, fetus hostage chicken seems like a great movie premise. <laughs> sending little pieces of zygote in the mail, like, this would have become a toe with <laughs> nail polish.
2: Well, I, for one, am just looking forward to the Missouri Republican mayor who gets caught asking his mistress if she doesn't, like, feel a little satan now and then when he gets bad news. <laughs> <laughs> and in Beasts
3: of Novation news tonight... A new Excellent. bill in Oklahoma seeks Excellent. to clear up the lingering question of who owns all the river otters and pronghorns. And it turns out, by the way, that, that would be Jesus. So the Queen of England may have all the swans, but the King of the Jews has all the northern hog suckers and hispid cotton rats.
1: Are those real? Yeah, all of them. Are Do they real. rename all the animals to just be weird rednecky words? <laughs> <or> Spike,
2: <laughs> make me feel stupid. When it, they all sound like silly minor league baseball teams. What? <laughs> I'm with Noah. Americans are on a naming things timeout until like the year 3000. Amen, brother. Amen. (laughs) So this meaningless little story comes to
3: us from Hemet Medover, the friendly atheist blog, and it's too stupid not to mention. It starts when Oklahoma State Senator Nathan Dom notices that an obscure law in Oklahoma says, quote, all wildlife found in this state is the property of the state. The people of the state of (laughs) Oklahoma place authority to manage all the wildlife, blah, blah, blah. So Dom thinks to himself, well, shucks, that ain't right right there. So he has his office cross out the words the state and replace them with the words almighty
1: God. <laughs> what does he thinks being accomplished? Like, I don't know. Like God was just pacing behind a force field like Darth Maul, <laughs> and waiting to play with those
2: cotton rats and those mud clumps or whatever the fuck animals they have. Okay, but this brings up a very serious question. Are gay people allowed to hunt slash ride those animals now? I mean, how sincerely held are these animals? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: So as Hemet points out in his write-up, this doesn't exactly change anything or do anything or anything. But it's good to know that people being paid by the state are spending their time finding places to sneak Jesus into the margins of legislation. And also that this is what they're doing instead of meaningful shit. By the way, this is not ancillary to a larger point, right? Like this bill wasn't going through and he's like, oh, wait, wait, let me let me red pen it real quick. Dom introduced a standalone bill that does nothing but swap out the words the state for almighty God. That is his contribution to the political process. Oklahoma state senators, by the way, are paid thirty eight thousand four hundred dollars a year, and they have about sixty five legislative days a year. Six hundred bucks a day they're paying them to do shit like this with a staff. <laughs> what
1: the fuck is happening? Like, okay, new idea for the wording. Uh, we go with God gets all the animals. Helen, mm-hmm. read that back mm-hmm. to me. Can you uh, read that back to me. We'll Got, okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let's get some food first. We
2: will really workshop this after lunch. I feel better after Guys, a sandwich. Yeah, uh, coke. and we Let's get some,
5: and we <laughs> wonder.
2: And we wonder how they built the pyramids.
1: <laughs> and finally, tonight we have a story about the greatest thing to happen in Christian cinema since Gary Busey's teeth were forged in Mordor. <laughs> and if you guessed leaked video of Jehovah's Witness leaders warning about the evils of masturbation, then you're really good at this game. (laughs) And if you also guessed, they warn about the dangers of fucking a pillow as well, then you win. (laughs) And so does everyone else, because that's exactly what happened. I'm so happy.
2: Yeah, but the question is, who leaked the footage from my nanny cam to the Jehovah's Witnesses, um, right? Let's talk about the causes.
3: I, I feel like we talked about this. Eli, that's my standard response when people send me emails trying to save my soul is to send them
2: that video. Oh. You said that was okay. <laughs> I it, it is okay. I wanted to thank you. Oh, okay. You <laughs> get welcome. you a lovely basket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So
1: looks like I won't need to dress up as a kid dying of leukemia anymore because i made a wish and it came <laughs> true and it's everything i hope for that and more.
3: doesn't mean we can't play terminal dress up anymore it
1: though. does not mean that okay. correct so <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still doing that so the, the video is in two parts one with a lecture for men and the other with a lecture for women and they're both delivered by a different creepy old man who's an elder at their weird spy network. (laughs) Altogether, it's over an hour of deadpan sex criminal health teacher (laughs) talking about gay cum like it's an episode of Mr. Rogers. It's pretty amazing.
2: (laughs) The gay cum episode of Mr. Rogers, not my favorite. Going to throw that out there right now.
1: Yeah, they should have known better than to start turning
3: those hand puppets inside out that late in the game.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so...
1: You got to watch the videos yourself to get the whole experience, but here's a few highlights you can look forward to, and these are only from the video for men. The video for women, it's just like 20 minutes of wear more fabric or you deserve to get assaulted, yeah. so I don't even want to talk about it. It's depressing, but here, here's some, some details about the men's one. Anyway, um, they, they start you off with a graphically detailed discussion of homosexual leg wear and the exact shape of the male camel toe, which was a camel nose, I guess, whatever, <laughs>
2: And this is to discourage masturbation. They're doing it wrong. uh,
1: (laughs) And from there, it goes into a discussion of what's very clearly the narrator's first time having gay sex. Until he realizes what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's amazing. He says, quote, Consider a situation. A group of single brothers has a meal together and after most leave, two of them remain behind in the room drinking alcohol. At one point, the one asked the other if he's ever woken up with an erection. Their conversation starts to touch on sexual matters. Are they flirting? Their conversation <laughs> can arouse sexual desires in them even though they are the same sex. This could easily lead to comments or curiosity about each other's bodies.
2: Don't deceive yourself into thinking this could never happen. End quote. <laughs> Honey, sweetie, that doesn't happen... To straight people, yes, Peter man. Right. <laughs> Look, gay if you want a gay, but I made it 30 <laughs> years without the conversation just accidentally slipping into dicks. <laughs> well, no, I mean not exactly because I don't
3: think I've ever had a conversation with you that didn't slip into dicks eventually, but that's where the dick slipping ends,
1: is conversationally. Right. And it's not accidental.
2: <laughs> right, we didn't, right. It's either not accidental, and I've never just been like, fuck, I'm wondering about another man's body again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wondering about another man's body because I want to have sex with him. It's not like, ah, it's weird. <laughs> You know, how you can't get a song out of your head or the idea of sucking a dick. It's just like r, r, r. smile. You've got French. It's, it's in there with a big black dick,
1: big black dick. Yeah, it just gets it's, it's stuck in your head. Oh. The stanza. Yeah. So the the whole thing is just peppered with homophobic slurs from repressed gay men, just like that one. And a running theme is a breakdown of. What counts as masturbation? For example, the creepy old man asks, quote, does a person have to use their hands to masturbate? I'll tell you right now, he does not. (laughs) Um, Say a brother wears an undergarment that's so tight it rubs his penis as he moves around. He gets aroused and even ejaculates. Is he masturbating? (laughs) Yes, he is.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I <laughs> want to see that. Well, first of all, I want some of those undergarments. Second of all, I will pay good money for that video. Of just like, yeah. Then, hey, muckarena, muckarena, I'm so close. All right. Well, let me
1: tell you, you're using your penguin pants wrong. <laughs> Enjoy those. I gave them back. Uh, he continues. Does there have to be an orgasm for it to be considered masturbation? Suppose a brother starts rubbing his genitals against a pillow. (laughs) He gets an erection, but stops before having an (laughs) orgasm. Is he masturbating? Again, yes he is. End quote, this is an awesome game show. Is he (laughs) masturbating? Yes! (laughs) This is
3: just like the fucking skit we just did about the marriage thing. Except he's for real and it's about dicks.
2: (laughs) Uh, I want him to just be like what if a brother just keeps rewinding Magic Mike? Is <laughs> this masturbation? Yes. Yes, it is. This is the kind of thing
3: I think about while I'm heterosexualing. <laughs>
1: oh. Yep. And uh, one other moment you definitely don't want to miss is the discussion of what does and does not qualify as pornea. What? which means fornication in J-dub talk. It's an old Greek word. They t- they use it. Anyway, they define porneia as, quote, sexual relations involving persons not married to each other. It Includes acts such as oral sex, anal sex, and masturbating another person. That's not what that means. It <laughs> always involves deliberate manipulation of the genitals and at least one other person or animal. End quote. No. <laughs> yep. And... They give us examples of pornea, which includes getting a lap dance because, you know, you're letting the stripper stimulate her genitals on your leg. That's how they think lap dances (laughs) work. And it also includes anything over the pants with or without cum. But in a surprise twist, this is my favorite part. You want to know what is not pornea? Mm -hmm. having a jerk party with your bros that is not cornea that's you don't even have to sit back to back
3: (laughs) amazing i i love this list because it means that there was that one guy in j-dub council that just kept asking questions until they told him to shut up right okay but what if i intentionally hold my legs apart while i'm on a bus on a crappy road next item jerry we're moving on jerry (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right so one last note um I just checked and porneahub.com is available. (laughs) Somebody grab that. Start sending us royalties. You are welcome. You're going to be a billionaire.
3: Podcasting can't last forever. And with our backup income thus secured, I suppose we can close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Is he masturbating? (laughs) When we come back, Mormon Peace Theater will return for one last time.
2: Hey, Anna, what are you listening to?
4: Oh, hey, Carl. Just a new song from my album.
2: Wait a second. You got an album?
4: Yeah, it's called The Ring, and it's available now on CD Baby iTunes or wherever else you get your music.
2: Oh, wow. Well, what if I want a CD to, like, play in my Walkman?
4: You have a Walkman?
2: Yeah, old school's the new school.
4: (laughs) Well, you can order it online at CD Baby soon.
2: Okay, but, like, what if I don't want to listen to your album?
4: Well, then you can straight up fuck yourself, can't you?
2: Wow, you really are Eli's wife. I want... Okay, that's that's enough. They don't like that joke.
3: (laughs) As the Book of Mormon slowly rolled to a close, the words ran out of stuff to say and stalling, I'm stalling, don't even begin to capture the sheer volume of nothing that this book contains in its final pages. But Joseph Smith has a unique ability to say nothing in a damn confusing manner, and we'll be damned if we're going to leave you hanging. So we're pleased to present one final installment of Mormon Peace Theater. Last time on Mormon Peace Theater. Literally everyone died. Remember what the fuck else could one possibly write about in a book where all the characters are dead? Wait a second, Eli, I... I said that last week. Eli. Uh, What's up, Endog? Stop trying to make Endog work
6: right now. Okay, pin in that. We don't need to make a decision. Uh, What's up? Uh, Well, this is last week's script. No, no, this is the second book in the Book of Mormon that takes place after all the characters in the last book die. Really? Really. Okay, uh, as you were. You got it, Endog.
2: Hey, everyone, it's me, Moroni. If you remember, I was hidden away whilst all the world was torn asunder. I'm back for one more holy book, tell you some really important stuff. So, listen up. Uh, washing, washing your hands is good. Hey, uh,
1: Joe? Yep? Look, uh, me and the missus really appreciate you, uh, Staying with us while you finish your holy book But looks like that's wrapping up So We were just wondering 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 when you'll be You know
2: Moving on Oh uh I just remembered some really important stuff That if you don't know it You're gonna go to hell for sure Hondo P I'm sorry you were saying Never
1: never mind
6: Hey, boys, it's me, Jesus. Remember the time when I was, like, talking to all of you and I gave you all the ability to give people the Holy Spirit? That's, like, super important. Right, yeah, but aren't aren't we all dead? Yeah, how is Moroni relating this story? It doesn't make sense. Uh, oops. And so I told her, bitch, I am not going to do this over Instagram. If you want to talk to mm-hmm, me... Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Oh, uh, what? It's me again? Oh, right. Um, no. oh, okay. Uh, also, you are all priests now. We're priests now? Yep. And if you want to make more priests, this is important. Uh, you go to another guy and you're like, hey, you're a priest now. And then you, you know, boop.
1: Um, is the boop
6: part of it? No. Silly. I was just, just giving you a boop. Boop. It's right there. Thank thank you? Now you gotta blow it off my finger and make a wish. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Jesus? Seriously, me again? In the same... Okay, um, how about communion? Uh, like, you say, uh, I take this bread, and I eat it, and it's my body, and yum, 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 delicious. I love Jesus. Uh, that sounds like a
1: worse version of an existing thing.
6: Yeah, I'm thinking of calling it atheistically speaking. Okay, that's just mean. He doesn't listen. Also communion. See, remember this time that they were going to swish back to me. Didn't forget. So you take the wine and you drink it and you say you love me and you're done. Good. Good.
1: Say, uh, Joe, don't we Mormons not drink alcohol? Oh, shit.
6: Yeah. Right. So you take the water and you drink the water. And then you say you love me and you're done. Good? Good.
1: Hello and welcome to our two-step baptism course. Okay. Step one, contrition. Like you mean it. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. And step two, dunk.
6: End of baptism instructions.
2: And lo, any time three members of the church do speak against a fourth, he is
6: excommunicated. Pastor, you got to come help us. Dave stabbed Brett. We, we—he did. We saw it. We both saw it. Okay, so just the two of you saw it? Yeah, I mean, there's blood everywhere, and I don't know if he's gonna. Ah, ah, ah! What's the rule? Three people. Three people.
1: Three people. Exactly. Oh, uh, Brett saw it. It uh, doesn't
5: count. He's dead now. Dear son, it's me, your dad. You are Maroney. Just writing you a letter and not because you are out of stuff to say, just uh, wa- wanted to let you know a few things. Let's see. Uh, Native Americans are gross. I am not a Satanist. Super best friend, promise. And, um, you know, throw a couple bucks to the poor here and there, believe in Jesus, and text your mother. Dear son, I almost forgot, people who baptize babies are gross. Not naming names, but anyone who does that is a douchecano of the first order. I mean, what do you do with a baby that's in hell anyway? Welcome to hell. You will taste the wrath.
6: Of the- God
1: damn it, was that another baby? Dave? Dave?
5: I got another baby.
6: Seriously? Is yours from Oklahoma City too?
5: Um, I think so, yeah. What what do you think happened?
4: I don't know. Anyway, you know what to do. T- take its candy.
5: Yeah, anyway, that would be weird. Love, Dad who will probably not die in a giant war in a second. Was that an Oklahoma City bombing joke? It was, yes. Dear Maroney, See? Told you I wouldn't die. Anyway, things are really bad here. Oh boy, are they bad. They're making wives eat their husbands and children eat their fathers. These dirty, dirty... Lamanites. Kids,
3: dinner. Aw, man. Dad again? Now, you listen to me, young man. When I was your age, if I didn't eat every bite of my father, I didn't leave the table. There are kids in China with no father to eat at all, so be grateful. What's a China? Never mind. Now pass the testicles.
5: Anyway, yeah, things are pretty bad here. But if everyone had believed in Jesus, they wouldn't be eating their dad's balls. Toodles,
2: Mormon. Sorry about that, dads, right? Anyway, uh, looks like it's time for a summary montage or something. Am I right? Clip episode? Huh? That'll be fun. You guys remember Alma? Gah! That was fun, right? You remember that character? PIZZA BAGELS! Right? Another good one. That was good. I'm Jesus. Oh, what fun we had. Anyway, remember, if you believe in Jesus, uh, you get superpowers. Power 1, the ability
1: to teach wisdom. And if you say you found it dented, they'll give you a discount. Huh. Yeah. Power 2,
3: the ability to teach knowledge. And that's how the moon was made,
2: huh? Power three, healing powers. Hello, sir. Would you like to hear about how? Oh, thank God! You guys are Mormons, right? Uh, uh yeah, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to get in here. Someone stabbed my friend. He needs your help. Oh, that is uh, not we actually don't.
3: how it. And
2: he's dead. Okay. Power four, working mighty miracles. Is this your card? It might be. Bew. Bew. Power five. The ability to prophecy. Dude, watch out. You're going to step in that shit. No, I'm not. Mormon. Power six. The ability to speak all languages. Je n'ai aucune idée de ce que je dis maintenant. Power seven. The ability to understand all languages. What? Tu aurais le droit être un Le Le Oh, fuck. Uh, this is the end of the book. Uh, okay. Well, you know what they say. Uh, Penny saved his... T- damn it. The Lord... All right, hear me out. He's like cherries. Cause... No, he's not the cherries. You're the cherries. And he's like a guy who makes cherry stuff. Like a cherrier, if that's a word. Um, And it, in a way, the
3: end. And on that anticlimactic note, we're going to close out the book that's haunted our nightmares for over a year now. We hope you've enjoyed Mormon
5: Peace Theater. Before we
3: cue the copyright warning tonight, I wanted to thank all the people who took me up on that call to replenish my stockpile of Farnsworth quotes. First and foremost, of course, Michael from the Reasonable Risk podcast who provided the one we use today and whose podcast you'll find linked on the show notes. I'm good to go for at least a few months, but by all means, keep them coming. Never can have too many. I don't give a shit what Eli implies. Podcasting is going to last forever. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Monday. An even newer episode of our sister show's Hot Friend God Awful Movies, debuting 24 hours after that. And a yet newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting 29 hours after that. Obviously, this show wouldn't achieve full maturity if I neglected to say nice things about Eli, Heath, and Lucinda. So a huge thanks to Heath for his unique ability to make a Six-paragraph script about homicidal child neglect. Hilarious. An equally huge thanks to the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for her superhuman ability to maintain a sense of humor despite her weekly charge. Another equally huge thanks to the lovely in his own way Eli Bosnick for his ability to maintain a superhuman sense of humor despite his weekly schedule. And most of all, of course, I need to thank this week's best people. Damian Jessica, Topic of Month Podcast, Poteroid, Nick, Christopher, Kernan, Javier, Andrew, Matthew, Richard, Dan, Rennett, Nick, James, and Butt Sarah. Damian Jessica, Topic of Month Podcast, and Poteroid who give the Wizard of Oz wonderfulness of things. Done. Envy. Nick, Christopher, Kernan, and Javier, whose tongues are so talented, their oral has been promoted to Brigadier General Lingus. Andrew, Matthew, Richard, and Dan, who can't wear cock rings unless you count an Einstein ring, and Rennet, Nick, James, and Rufflebutt, Sarah, whose intellects are so fast they understood that last joke without having to Google it. Together, these sixteen savory savants of skepticism signify their support for our scurrilous screeds against the sanctimonious stupidity of the spiritual swindlers this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the superior secularism skills it takes to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you make a per episode donation at Patreon.com/scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended, ad free version of every episode, or you can make a one time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but not in a donating money kind of way, you can also give us a five star review on iTunes, share the show, or think about us when you masturbate. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. I'm sure next (laughs) week's episode is going to be brought to us by how unethical pugs are.
1: (laughs) That's actually written down. I have a list going.
3: All right. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC, copyright 2018, all rights reserved.